on first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack, huge hole, 50 yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the five, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, INDY. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Hello, Colts Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. So it's been a day after the Colts fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 28-24. to a uh, very rough game indeed. The Colts were winning in this game 24 to 7 with about nine and a half minutes remaining in the third quarter, and then gave up three straight touchdowns in a row after a goal line stand, which ultimately resulted in Pittsburgh winning the game. So, Cody, first things first here before we get into a lot of it. It this game was weird to me in the sense. And I said it on the live stream that this really looked like the complete opposite of what we're used to seeing from Indianapolis this year, where the offense struggles or the offense kind of does really well in the first, kind of well at the first half. And the defense just doesn't look like it's making good plays at all. And then in the second half, both sides of the ball are just firing on all cylinders. And then, you know, the Colts end up pulling it out. This is a complete opposite this game. The first half, perfect all game long, except for two plays. Indianapolis was perfect throughout the whole first half. And then in the second half, you know, things just kind of went astray. And, I mean, it, it's got to feel weird knowing that, you know, going into halftime, how confident we were in Indianapolis to hold this thing out because we're used to seeing – this team make great plays in the second half, but to know they did it this time. It has been weird the last couple weeks um, just with this team. Like they get off to these big leads and then they just start choking it away. And they have gotten saved last week. They got saved in the couple weeks before that by a very kind of crazy play that happens at the end of the game. Derek, that could have been two other losses right there. So man, I, I don't know. Like there's been a lot of overreactions. I'll say that first. And like, <laughs> kind of jokingly were saying there there wasn't a game this year maybe besides that week one game where we didn't want to do one of these recaps like kind of just want to like be mopey for the la- next week until uh till the Colts play Jacksonville when we see what their fate is which they still have a good chance you know first off at playoffs and also at the division because Tennessee got destroyed by Green Bay on Sunday Night Football so that's always good news but yeah there is a lot of question marks here moving forward. And a lot of people I, I saw in the comments, I know you saw in the comments that are kind of going to the extreme here and saying, fire Frank Wright, get rid of everybody, all this crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> it's crazy to me, Derek, because Frank Reich has, has won 10 games so far out of two of his three first seasons with the Colts. Um, but, you know, it doesn't excuse, like you mentioned, just the utter incompetence on both sides of the ball in the second half to score only three points in that second half. And that was the drive coming out. So really for essentially two quarters, you didn't score a point and for your defense to allow 21 straight, that is unacceptable on all levels. And it's just a weird, weird, weird one because we've talked about it. The second half defense for the most part this year has been phenomenal for the Colts. 
And this isn't like this Kansas City Chief offense or the Buffalo Bills offense. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, which has been struggling. Lost to a two-win Bengals team a week prior, um, all banged up. So this loss is inexcusable, and we said it a little bit. You said it a little bit in the uh, in kind of the the recap yesterday, the live reaction type of thing. This loss is just unacceptable. Like I, I you know, I like Frank Reich, but like this is on. This is ultimately comes down to the head coach. You know, you can blame it on the defense. You can blame it on the offense. Whatever. All things that happen like this, you can blame it on the players. The players di- didn't ha- didn't do a great job either. Like he had some key drops, you mentioned, just some missed assignments, all that stuff. But ultimately, it always falls back on the head coach. It does, and I'm going to put the blame on him again because he he's over everything, right? He's over the players. He's over all the other coaches. And this isn't the first time this year we've we've looked at this. And I don't not I don't want to say this and overreact because. That's the common thing right now. But I think it's fair to assess this. And this is what we do, Derek. This is what people listen in because they want to hear a real insight, not just, you know, doom and gloom or, or you know, rainbows and, pony, and ponies or whatever it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we like to be honest and real. And, and honestly, this is a little bit concerning for me. This has been concerning for me for years. And, and uh, with Frank Reich, it's just like, Sometimes when like something bad happens, this Colts team lets it snowball way, way too much. And it and we saw just a culmination of that. Like there's no reason Pittsburgh should even be in that game in the second half. Um, you need to score more than a freaking field goal. Like, come on. Pittsburgh's yeah. reeling, they're injured. You're running the ball really well. Jonathan Taylor had about 50 yards at the half. You already had about 70 yards between, between him and Hines going into the half. For him to only finish with 70-some yards, I don't even have the stats here, but I know he didn't get 100 yards. He finished with 74 yards. Only, like, I believe it was four carries in the second half. That's inexcusable. That is unbelievably incompetent, in my opinion. How do you not use the one guy that is continuing to be – on this hot streak. I just don't understand it. You can blame it on the players for not executing. We know we will. But seriously, this is something that's been so frustrating to me as a fan. Why do we go away from things that work? We do this all the freaking time. And we ask, okay, why do the Colts offense go into all these like lulls where like they're hot, they're hot, they're hot, and then they can't score to save their lives? I think it's just going away from the things that work. You knew you were down. Two tackles going into that game, right? Will Holden got banged up in that game as well. You're fully filling left tackle, and you still continue to try to pass it. Like 10 straight times at one point in that second half, you were passing it. That's unbelievable in my opinion, and I just – I'm sick of it. I'm tired of all this – of trying to, like, outthink the opponents when it's obvious. Like, as fans, we shouldn't be saying what the Colts should do, right? If, if, If Frank Rex is offensive genius, which he's shown a lot of flashes of that, we shouldn't, as fans, be be knowing what to do and saying, come on, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's his job. And I don't know. He's a play caller, and it just he just didn't get it done, in my opinion. And this has been a lot of frustration, not just in this game, but the culmination of the season in the last three seasons. I've noticed that. Derek, we can go all the way back to that Kansas City divisional round game. The Colts didn't run the ball at all in that game, and it really came back to bite them. Kansas City was terrible against the run. Colts didn't run the ball one bit in that game, and they lost. And it just seems like in these key moments, Frank Reich just struggles for some reason to to, to figure out how to get out of ruts offensively. And, you know, I don't just want to blame him because the defense was equally as bad, maybe even worse in that second half. 
Uh, so total team collapse in the second half. I'm not just going to yeah. put it on the offense. The offense is most obvious because of the three points, but the defense was horrendous as well. Had no sacks on the defensive line. And that's a, that's a thing that Chris Ballard is really invested in. It's a little bit concerning, in my opinion. The Colts continue to not get pressure um, on the quarterback consistently. Uh, DeForest Buckner had a quiet day. All these other guys, nobody had sacks. Corey Willis had the only sack of the game, and he also got injured. So that's something worth monitoring as well. But that's kind of my rant, I guess, a little bit, Derek, on this team. It's just like unbelievable, unbelievable lack of execution, unbelievable lack of focus. <laughs> this is stuff we saw last year to a larger degree um, in that second half of the season. That's why the Colts lost, what, like seven of the last nine games or something like that was just these collapses. Like they would take leads and then they just couldn't finish out. And so yeah. this is an unexcusable game. Tennessee, I mentioned, got got beat, and so did so did Cleveland. So you're fortunate there. But if you just were able to take care of business in that game, you'd be in the lead in the division right now. You could potentially be the number three seed at this point. It's just sickening to me that we let that happen. It really is. And uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say right now. And we'll get into this game a little bit more, I'm sure. But horrible loss in my opinion. Just horrible. There was, folks. There was your rant that you didn't get yesterday when you had me on. Oh, but bro. Uh, you know, I, I just had. I was throwing stuff. I was throwing stuff oh. yesterday. But guys, if you thought Cody was bad there, like you guys should have been texting him throughout the day after this happened. Believe me, this dude was not happy at all. But I mean, we talked a lot about you know Frank Reich getting out coached in this game, right? Well. Eberflus certainly had himself a really bad second half as well. And we praised Eberflus more than anyone on his ability to make second half adjustments, right? Well, it was reported that the OC for the Pittsburgh Steelers was the one calling the plays in the first half uh, against the Colts. And that was why the Colts were were able to figure it out because the play calling was predictable, right? It was very predictable. And then they allow Ben Roethlisberger to go and call his own plays. And then all of a sudden, Ben Roethlisberger just looks like a god. So, I mean, go figure that it is Ben Roethlisberger that's the one that beat us, not anyone else. But, you know, we, we talked, you said again, no, like one sack the whole game. And that was a Kari yeah. Willis uh, blitz in the first quarter. I mean, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers sacked uh, Phillip Rivers five times the other day. Five times, and three of those came off of linebacker blitzes. There was one in the third quarter where the linebacker didn't even get touched. He just walked straight in, and it was a play action. And before Rivers even had a chance to know what was going to happen, he just all of a sudden just gets sacked. I don't understand why the Colts can't dial up that pressure. Eberflus did not do a good job of disguising blitzes in that second half. And you're right. We didn't get pressure on Roethlisberger. We let him throw all second half. And then that's what happens. And if they were blitzing, then that's a shame on the Colts defense to be blitzing all that time and not make plays happen. I, I don't know if it was just lack of execution. I don't want to think that it was lack of effort because I don't think that's what happens with this defense. It's just, yeah. I mean, the Colts defense just had to get more pressure and they didn't. And, you know, Eberflus switching to a soft zone coverage in the second half versus going man-to-man -man in the first half, which was working, I don't understand that either. 
You know, it, there were multiple times where the, 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 the corners would be 10, 15 yards away from the receiver. Like, are you serious? They're dumping passes at three, four, five yards every play, and you guys aren't playing uh, press? Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, horrendous job by Eberflus. Like, we praised him a lot. Bad. Just bad, man. And, and it's just rough. Uh, and, man, Rocky Sen's been struggling, man. He really has. He had a lot of touchdown yesterday. Uh, Do not even dare lot. attempt to try we, to hit we've Rocky defended him. on that. He's he had one bad play all game, and it wasn't even terrible. It was the fact that it was an amazingly thrown ball. Any one of our corners who was hit on that route was gonna get burnt and was gonna get caught looking at that. Rockyson was a step behind, a slight step behind. That was an amazing throw by Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not even mad. That was an amazing throw. And I'm gonna blame our our offense for that because our defense just the the previous drive. What, stood on the goal line, and then you can't even get five yards for them to get out of the end zone, and then they're right back on the field, and then Ben Roethlisberger calls his own play, and it's just a simple out route. I mean, that's it, that that's not on Rocky Sin. That is on everyone else but Rocky Sin. I don't know. I didn't really watch that part. I was kind of in between stuff, so I must have missed that. But I did see the defensive stand, which was good. But yeah. Uh, after that, it was kind of ugly. Um, but yeah, the offense is screwed, screwed the defense. I felt like a lot more. That's why I'm a little more harder on the offense because you mentioned already a little bit like, you know, well, well, first off that one, you just talked about it. Then also when freaking they fumble the ball, the Steelers get it all the way down to the five yard line. You give mm -hmm. them an easy seven points there. The defense almost held too. If it wasn't for that uh, DeForest Buckner jumping off sides and the Steelers really just no, actually it was everyone in. but DeForest Buckner. Oh, they, they said DeForest it, Buckner. But, yeah, I know, but Romo even saw it that it was everyone but Buckner that jumped. Huh. Interesting. Well, I saw Kamoka Ture jump and, and some other guys jump too. I didn't know who actually got. Yeah, Houston. That, Houston was the one that actually jumped first. Yeah. It was so Houston. just yeah, a little undisciplined there, but. But yeah, definitely this this is on the offense a lot more than the defense. Not that the defense played well because they still struggled for sure, especially getting after the quarterback. That is my biggest complaint for sure was the lack of pressure. And something's got to be done, man. I feel like like you have these young players, um, but it's kind of they've kind of been struggling outside of DeForest Buckner. There's not been a ton of guys that have been consistently getting pressure. Um, yes. This year. So, you know, kind of talking about looking forward into the offseason and stuff, I think edge rusher potentially could be a very high on the priority list for the Colts. Um, just getting one of those elite guys like that would change this defense so, so much because it showed a little bit uh, of this defense. If you can't get pressure in this defense, uh, quarterbacks are going to be able to sit in the pocket and just have all the time in the world. So, uh, I definitely think that could potentially be something that the Colts look at in the offseason. But, you know, this defense, they've had some really nice moments. But I think that, if we have to say, is their Achilles heel, maybe the lack of pressure at times for sure. But, um, yeah, not a whole lot we want to dive into this game because uh, we've already vented our frustrations a lot in this game. Uh, but I think we talked about pretty much everything, Derek, where we're not going to go rant for an hour or something crazy like that. <laughs> Cause I know we want to forget this game, move forward. We still have a chance at the playoffs. Um, if a couple things happen. So hopefully Miami loses. Well, uh, really only one thing has to, two things have to happen, but ultimately there's a multiple different, a, a couple different circumstances that could happen. I mean, ultimately if the Titans lose, if we win, if right. we win, then we need either the Titans to lose, 
the Browns to lose, the Ravens to lose, or the Dolphins to lose. Four different teams, we need at least one of those teams to lose. If right. one of those loses and we win, then we're in the playoffs. But, yeah, yeah and, and I mean, here's the thing. So, Tennessee has to play the Texans this next week, and we all saw J.J. Watt's little uh, post-game press conference where he called out his team for a bunch of guys not giving 110% on everything that they do. And uh, he, he was mad. So maybe that might, uh, that might, that might spark some dudes to maybe want to play hard this next week. Cause we yeah. know JJ Watt. And then, yeah. you know, the Browns, they got to face the Steelers. And I know everyone said, Oh, well, you know, they clinched the playoffs. Why would they need to play their starters? Well, here's the issue is that just this last game, this is the first time in like five weeks that you've actually been able to sit back and say the offense actually did something productive. That's it. And even then, the offense in the first half didn't look good. So, you know, you've had one half of good football in the last five games. They're not going to rest their starters because they need to win. They need to figure out their, their little formula again and figure it out. Because if they go in the way they have been with offense – they're gonna they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose to whoever they play against. And, and then I think I think seeding as well is big for that. So yeah, exactly. Because Buffalo what happens with Buffalo tonight. Yeah, Buffalo plays team. tonight. And then if you know if Buffalo loses to the Dolphins and Tennessee wins, then Buffalo gets knocked down to the fourth seed. They right. get knocked down to the fourth seed because the Tennessee Titans have the windbreaker over Buffalo, and they would lose to, uh, the playoff record to. Uh, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh would go number two. So yeah, it is about seeding here. And you know, everyone says, oh, well, you know, it, it seeding doesn't matter. They look good regardless. Yeah. But at the end of the day, seeding does matter. It depends on who you're playing. You know, you're playing one of these later teams. And also here's the thing too. I don't like the idea of resting starters in the last week of the season, because you ever wonder how that looks for the, for the saints every year. You ever notice that they yeah. always rest their starters and what happens to them when they get to the playoffs? They right. look flat. They just look flat. And that's the problem is that when you have a week off of football and you don't have your starters playing on top of missing that next game, your your team just doesn't look as good when it comes out. Right. Yeah, we so, saw that with the Colts for years too. Like when they'd rest yeah. their starters, come out flat. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely don't think either Steelers um, or the Bills will rest their starters. I don't think that's going to happen. So that's good for the Colts on that notion. But yeah, first and foremost, have to win in Jackson, have to win against Jacksonville, not in Jacksonville. But still, you know, Jacksonville's a one-win team. But we know these division games, we can't underestimate any opponent, no matter how bad their record may indicate. So first and foremost, Colts got to take care of business at home against Jacksonville, and then pray that one of those teams loses and gets them into the playoffs. I think the the crazy thing with this is, Derek, like the Colts could potentially be division winners and they could potentially be out of the playoffs. That's just how extreme this ASC picture is looking right now. So first and foremost, the Colts can get to 11 wins, which would actually, for some reason, match my prediction, which is pretty cool. Um, then that would be awesome. And then hopefully one of these teams slips up. The Colts can get into the playoffs at the very minimum. That's what we're hoping for for this. But yeah, 
it's just it's just frustrating and maddening that the Colts could be in the division lead right now if they wouldn't have had that absolute collapse in the second half. So, but hey, you know what? We'll forget this game. We'll move forward, and hopefully, we'll be in the playoffs for the second year out of three years. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Um, like I said, we're get, we got a couple different things to go up with this week. You know, this is this is it. You know, this is the week of Indianapolis either makes the playoffs or they're going home with eleven wins which is a very rare feat. That doesn't happen very often when somebody at 11 wins doesn't make the playoffs. So that'd be pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And guys, be sure to help us get to 5,000 subscribers. We are so close and we're going to have two different giveaways when we hit 5,000 subscribers. So please be ready for those. I think the first one I said we were going to get a Colts jersey of someone's choosing. Uh, at 5,000. And then also we had a signed Naheem Hines uh, card. Uh, so make sure that you guys get uh, help us get to 5,000 so that way we can give those out. We're hoping to maybe hit 5,000 before you know the end of the season. Hopefully the end of the season isn't this next weekend. But either way, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yeah.